We now join the Apostle and Prophet Ministry with Pastor Ron Boyd coming to you from Dunbar Township. Listen in to the radio station where the mighty host of heaven sings. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. If you want to hear the songs of Zion coming from the land of endless spring, get in touch with God. Turn your radio Lord, everybody, this is Brother Ronnie Boyd coming to you again today with the Apostle and Prophet Ministry, and we want you to stay tuned today. We're going to go into the Word of God here in just a little bit and talk about how that every time that God had prophesied and had a plan, the enemy would always try to do everything in his power to prevent it, stop it, in other words, make it sound like God didn't know what he was talking about. And we're going to look at a few examples in the Word of God about how things happen like that. The enemy, what he did to try to stop God's plan and how that God still brought it forth every time. Let us know that our hope of salvation is secure. So stay tuned. Get in touch with God. Turn your radio I have a few verses of scriptures I want to read here, and then we're going to hear a song from Angel Band, and they're going to be singing about something that maybe they have never seen as of yet, but someday they will. But in the 24th chapter of the book of Matthew, in verse 4, Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. Then in verse 11, he said, Many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many, and because of the iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that uh, shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. In verse 24, For there shall arise false Christ, false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, inasmuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. So these are warnings that's coming from Jesus Christ himself about the day that we're living in, the last days. The Apostle Paul writes in Second Timothy, the third chapter, he said, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. So there's a lot of deception in this world today, in, not only in religion, but we look at the governments. You can't believe anybody anymore. Politics is terrible. Uh, they go to any length. They'll tell any lie. They'll say anything to try to get votes and and uh, try to get power. That's the way the enemy does. So we know that there is spiritual wickedness today in high places. That's been prophesied in the Word of God, and we know that it's there. So we're going to hear that song now from Angel Band, and they're going to be singing, Someday I Will. Maybe we haven't seen it yet, but by faith we believe and one of these days, if you do that which is right in the eyes of God and obey the Word of God, someday there's promises that have been made to us, and we will see it someday.
angel band there singing, One Day I Will. You know, we walk by sight and not by faith, and we're carnal. But if we walk by faith and not by sight, then we're spiritual. And the world, for them, seeing is believing. But for a child of God, believing is seeing. So that's the important thing. I think about all the prophets down through time and the different things you took. Go clear back to the fifth chapter of the book of Genesis, and you read about a man that was the seventh from Adam. His name was Enoch. And Enoch uh, prophesied according to the book of Jude, about the 14th verse. It says, Enoch, the seventh from Adam, he prophesied of these things, saying, The Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints, and he said, To execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly committed, and of all their hard speeches, which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. So we know that then Enoch was a prophet. He was the seventh from Adam. There was an interesting thing in his life. One thing is that one day he walked with God. He was and he was not, for the Lord took him. And uh, it seemed like he was translated according to what we see here in the Word of God. And yet another thing that was so outstanding, he had a son, and his son's name was Methuselah. Now, I heard a breakdown on that name, and I don't have the uh, knowledge to break it down like that man did. But uh, it, it's interesting, according to the Word of God, that from the time that Methuselah was born, he lived 969 years. And it happened to be the, day, the year that he died that the flood came that year. And I thought that was interesting. Many, time, uh, many times in the Word of God, God would give a child, and the child would have a certain name uh, given by God because it was going to be a sign. Uh, a certain event was going to happen, and that child was to represent that. Well, uh, Methuselah lived 969 years, and the flood came. And uh, we do know that Enoch was a prophet because Jude said so. So we have Bible for that. But he never lived to see that. If he did prophesy about the flood and the second coming, it sounds like that's what he may be talking about here in the book of Jude. Uh, he never lived to see it, but he prophesied it. But one day he will see the results of those things, and he will see his Lord and Savior. He was translated, so wherever he is at, at this time, I know one thing, it's in a good place. He was a good man. And if he lived such a life that God called him out of here, uh, he's in a better place than we are. I'll tell you that right now, this whole wicked world. But uh, a lot of things in the Word of God, I don't have all the answers to and don't understand everything. But I do see certain things. I see one thing also in the uh, book of Genesis, the 15th chapter. Now, Abram had been chosen by God. His name was Abram, then changed to Abraham. His wife was Sarai. Her name was changed to Sarah because God had a plan for their life. And one day the Lord spoke to Abraham here in the 15th chapter, and he told him that uh, his seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and they shall serve them, people of that land, in other words, and they shall afflict them 400 years. So there was a time schedule set up here that after that they went into that land, there would be 400 years there, and then they're going to come out. And God said he would bring them out. Did it happen? 
Yes, it did. Just exactly like was prophesied, was given to Abraham, that happened. We know that Israel went down into Egypt, and they was there for 400 years. A lot of things happened to them. They was enslaved uh, there toward the last, and, and uh, they had a rough life. But when it was time for God to bring them out, he began to put things into action. The enemy did everything he could to try to stop it. If you read the story there in Exodus, you read about how that the male babies was to be destroyed, thrown into the river, things like that. What was that all about? Now, maybe Egypt and Pharaoh didn't understand the whole picture, but they became part of a spirit that influenced them and caused them to do the things that they did because the enemy was trying to stop what was supposed to happen according to the Word of God, tried to prevent the Word of God from happening. The Word of God was to Abraham 400 years, then they're going to come out. The enemy tries to stop that. Many times through the Word of God, we have story after story, example after example, where God would set something in motion, the enemy would raise up and fight against it, do everything he could trying to stop God's plan. And it's happened many, many times in the Word of God. Even back in the garden, if you go back there and think about it. Now, Adam was created, then Eve was taken out of him. They was male and female. The plan was that they was to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. That was God's plan. But before that plan could get into operation, here come the deceiver, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, and begin to work on Eve. Now, up in the New Testament, in the book of Timothy, second chapter, we find that uh, he says that Adam was not deceived, but Eve was. And in other words, the enemy came and worked on the woman. Let me read it to you. It's found in First uh, Timothy, the second chapter. And he said, but I, verse 12, But I suffer not a woman to teach, nor usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. For Adam was first formed, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Now withstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing, if they continue in the faith, and charity and holiness with sobriety. God made a way for her to be saved back then, and it still lingers today. The woman can be saved if she comes according to the Word of God. Now, uh, Adam was not deceived, but the woman was. Now, <clears throat> Eve was the wife of the first Adam. The church is to be the wife of the last Adam, which is Christ. And you know what? Just like that first Adam, the enemy is trying to deceive. That's the reason I read those scriptures to you at the beginning of the broadcast. Be not deceived. <clears throat> Many deceivers is going to raise up. Be not deceived. The enemy is trying to do to the church just exactly what he did with Eve. He's trying to deceive that uh, he might stop the plan of God. And Jesus is going to have himself a bride someday. And he said that uh, it's going to be a bride without a spot. And uh, there'll be no such thing, no wrinkle, no blemish or anything like that. And she shall be holy and without blame. Now, in the 11th chapter of 2 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul makes this warning to the church now. Would to God you could bear with me a little in my folly, and indeed bear with me. 
for I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy, for I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear, lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtility, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. So he's using that example, the first Adam, his wife deceived, and the enemy tried to stop the plan of God. And the last Adam is after a wife also. The wife is the church, the bride of Christ, and the enemy is doing everything in his power to try to deceive and stop that plan of God. But our hope is in this, that he that endureth unto the end, the same shall be saved. We have so much prophecy in the Word of God about how that the enemy will try to stop the work of God. You go over to First uh, Timothy, the fourth chapter, and uh, the apostle writes there and tells about what's going to happen. The enemy is really working, whether people want to realize it or not. But in uh, uh, Paul's writing there to Timothy, he said that uh, many would depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits. He said, now the spirit is warning there. He said, the spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. What did Eve do? She gave heed to what the enemy was saying, his doctrine. What do you mean his doctrine? God said, don't eat of that tree, and the day that you eat of it, you're going to die. But the doctrine of the enemy was, you will not surely die. For God doth know on the day that you eat of the tree, you'll be like God's and uh, knowing uh, good and evil. In other words, you'll, you'll get knowledge and you'll be smart. And he was building that up to where she was tempted and she was deceived. Now the Bible said, the Spirit is warning again. Speaketh expressly that in the latter time some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Think about that. Speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. And then it goes on telling, forbidding to marry, commanding to abstain from meats which God hath uh, created to be received, be received with thanksgiving of them that believe and know the truth. And we find out a lot of terrible things is happening in this day. People being deceived. The enemy comes along with some kind of a doctrine. And, and I've often said this, almost like the truth is not going to get it done. I think about uh, back whenever that uh, they went into the promised land. Joshua led the children of Israel. And they had sent spies in just before they went in theirself. And they sent the spies, and they went to a harlot's house. And uh, she treated them well. So they said, if you let this cord that you let us down with, this scarlet cord, hang out the window, and when we come, you'll be saved, in other words. And they made her a promise. And uh, I've often said that if you'd have looked on that wall of that city went all the way around it. There was only one thing that was different than any of the other houses on that wall. And that was that scarlet thread. It was just a thread of difference. But that thread of difference brought salvation to that house. And so 
a lot of times it'll be almost like the truth, but if it's not the truth, it's not going to save you. Almost will not get it done. We've got to walk in the truth just like God gave it to us. So there's many warnings in the Word of God about this last day. And then Paul said also that um, another thing that was going to happen said they would not endure sound doctrine, but they would turn their ear from the truth and they would be turned unto fables. There's so many people today that believe something that's really not true. It's a fable that's been uh, put together through the centuries by the false church. And and uh, just because a, a church has practiced something, that doesn't make it right. The thing that is right is a, whatever is right according to the Word of God. Jesus said in the seventh chapter of the Gospel of John, he that believeth on me as the scriptures has said. Now, we have all kind of people saying, all you have to do is just believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You, all you have to do is just receive Jesus as your personal Savior. And even though we have to believe on him, and even though we have to receive him, you also have to obey him. And you have to believe on him as the scriptures have said. When you do it that way, that is true faith. You're being obedient. And then he said over in the book of Acts, he gives his spirit to them that obey him. Then in the eighth chapter of the book of Romans, without the spirit of Christ, you're none of his. Then we go over to the book of Matthew, and we hear then Jesus doing the teaching here. He said that they're going to come up before him in that day. And they're going to say, Lord, Lord, many wonderful things we've done in your name. And he will say that to them, depart from me, ye that work iniquity, because I never knew you. But if you have the Spirit of Christ, then he knows you. And how do you get the Spirit of Christ? He gives his Spirit to them that obey him. So then if we want the Spirit of Christ and we want to be his. Now he said over in Galatians, when Paul wrote there in the fourth chapter, he said, it's one thing to know God. But it's better to be known of God. That's the important thing, is that he knows us. Now, we can brag all the time, oh, I know the Lord. Does he know you? Have you been obedient to the word of God? Have you received his spirit? Or are you just going on something that somebody told you and, and uh, you're going to be all right? No, we have to go to the Word of God and believe on Him as the Scriptures has said. He said also in the book of John, about the fifth chapter, Search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. They are they which testify of me. So we know that the enemy is doing everything that he can, trying to uh, stop the church of the living God. He wants to deceive Eve again, if you want to understand what I'm trying to say. In other words, if he can get deception in the church, destroy the church, Jesus would not have a bride. But I'm going to tell you what, the enemy has never, ever been able to stop the plan of God. Whatever God ordained, it happened. And even though the enemy raged, even when Jesus came on the scene, think about it now. Look what Herod did. It was time for the Christ child to come. And then Herod, when he found out about it, he had all those little babies slaughtered and killed. It was a terrible thing. Hoping and thinking that he would kill the child of God, amen, and stop God's plan. That was the enemy doing that. And uh, But we read and know in the Word of God 
that, that his Herod's plan failed, but the plan of God, amen, succeeded. Many times through the Word of God, I can give you example after example where the plan of God always succeeded because God spoke it. If he spoke it, he was able to bring it to pass, even though that the enemy raged. I think about a passage of Scripture in Isaiah. Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? And I've often said this, too, about politicians in this hour that we're living in. The Bible speaks there would be spiritual wickedness in high places. Politicians, many of them have so much money, they don't want that job because they want to make some money. Now, some do, I suppose, but on the most part, a lot of the politicians took the job because they wanted power, more power. And some of them was influenced by the enemy, spiritual wickedness, high places, and they figure the enemy, if he can get into a position of power, he can control a lot of people and destroy a lot of people, prevent a lot of people from ever being saved. And that's his purpose. If we can understand that, we'd be much wiser today. And then we, as the church, have to be so careful because if we're not careful, the enemy will come into the church and he'll sow some discord there. He'll plant some tares among the wheat. He'll cause division. God don't want division. He wants unity. But some cannot help themselves. They become jealous. And because they're a little jealous, then they start looking for a fault. They begin to stand on that and bring about a lot of division. And they sometimes get more attention than somebody that's trying to bring unity. And uh, so uh, we just see all these things happening, and it's in the Word of God. And the Word of God does say in the book of Hebrews that we should mark them that cause division because it's a terrible thing, and um, it, it will destroy a lot of people. And we want to be aware of that and not let that happen. Because the enemy is doing everything he can, like he did with Eve. He did it with Israel. Uh, and look what it cost them. Because they let division come. Uh, there was a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom. That should never have been. And they was divided. And uh, Jesus told us every kingdom that's divided, it's going to come to desolation. And uh, so we've got to be very careful in this last day. And so much going on in this world. But I'm going to tell you one thing. God's going to have himself a church. There will be a people that will stand. There will be a people that will endure unto the end. There will be a people that will have the love of God in their heart, obey the commandments. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. There will be a people that will be there when he comes, a bride for Jesus Christ. What a wonderful time that's going to be. I might not have seen it with the natural eye, but if I hold on by faith, someday, someday I will.